Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to discuss an article titled Feed Availability on Cost of Gain and Manure as a Source of Feedlot Revenue and Crop Fertilizer. This article was first published for the In the Cattle Markets newsletter on April 5th of this year and also appears in the May issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. To discuss this, I'm joined today by the author, Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's a livestock marketing and risk management economist at the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, Dr. Dennis, as we look at current cattle prices and we also look at cost of gain as well as what's going on in the grains, we're seeing some major changes from where we were 18 months to two years ago in terms of cost of gain. And the primary driver for that is feed cost. Share with us some of what we're looking at in terms of cost of gains right now, how those compare to where we have been, and what would be some projections on cost of gains as we look forward to the next several months? Yeah, so really our one of our primary sources of cost of gain information is the focus on feedlot uh, report that comes out of Kansas State. Really what this is is a collection of feed yards that submit their data to Kansas State who then kind of tabulate it together and, and report those out for us to kind of have a, a barometer for what those costs of gains are. And, and really steers and heifers have both experienced a higher cost of gains that you mentioned. So really in, in early 2022, the expected cost of gain for cattle or steers being placed was really about approximately $124 per hundredweight and heifers were about 128 per hundredweight. Um, those are both up significantly from about 102 and 106 dollars per hundred a year ago, and most of that stuff has been reflected really as you, as you mentioned in, in really higher feed costs. But it's important to know you know what is driving you know feed costs increasing. Really, there's you know several sources um, of this, and really when we think about it, we're thinking about you know three things. We're thinking about low stocks to use ratio on, on the grain side, which basically means uh, forcing the market to ration the, the available grain that we have. I think we have some ongoing issues with, uh, with drought that are affecting, you know, planting decisions and also just other corn crops um, and bean crops and other places like say Brazil or other parts of South America and Argentina. Um, and then probably the biggest thing that are really is really driving the decision this year is fertilizer and the availability of fertilizer. So one of the ways that uh, why we don't think this is likely to come down, or the cost of gains are unlikely to come down is because USDA released their prospective planning report on March 30th. And really what they indicated is that corn production is will likely be down a million acres. Um, and when we look at where was that where were people substituting into? And really what we found is that pretty much all of that substitution went into the bean market, which kind of just shows that, you know, there's people are making those considerations to, to plant more corn. And there are several reasons why we can talk about why they're actually making the decisions to plant more beans relative to corn. One of the other big drivers for feed costs in the state of Nebraska and, and those around us is distillers grains. And of course, corn price and distiller's grains are coupled to one another, but we're continuing to see increasing demand and increasing price for distiller's grains, and, and that's impacting that as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the primary input for 
uh, ethanol plants is, is corn to, to grind into ethanol and as a byproduct or co-product that is distiller's grain. Um, sure, we all are very familiar with distiller's grains, and but uh, the big thing that we've been watching has been uh, with these higher corn prices, are our, our uh, ethanol plants willing to continue grinding product even in with these higher corn prices. And one of the best barometers for that is Iowa State's ethanol profitability tracker. And really what it shows is what's the relative price increase of ethanol relative to the corn price. And what we've seen is that really that the increase in ethanol hasn't been sufficient to cover the higher cost of corn, which is really surprising because I think if you're like me and you've gone to the gas pump lately, we've noticed that gas prices are significantly higher than what we've experienced. But even with those higher gas prices, ethanol plants seem to be basically, you know, not being able to cover their, their costs. So basically what that means is there's potential for distiller grains to be of lower demand going into the summer and potentially into the fall. Uh, and we generally expect distilled grain supply to be relatively high in, in the summer. But, you know, there's a potential for ethanol plants to idle production, just given their profitability right now. Do you think some of these recent, I guess, pushes by states to see the ethanol percent increase from 10 to 15 percent as we look towards the summer? Uh, might that shape some of this market as we look to the next few months? Yeah, I think there's um, certainly a desire for that. That obviously increases the demand for ethanol, which will would hopefully, you know, you know, bring up price. But uh, I think that's just something that we have to see. And that doesn't really change the, you know, relative variable costs of corn prices, just that would mainly be impacting the ethanol market. I still think either way, as we go into the summer, uh, we don't we know that there's probably going to be a little less driving happening in the summer just because of higher gas prices. And so I think even with higher blends of ethanol into gasoline, that uh, we're still probably going to be seeing a relative decline in the demand for gasoline and thus the demand for, for ethanol. So as we think about feed yards and one of the major things that comes out of a feed yard besides cattle is the manure that those cattle produce. And when we look at fertilizer prices, that's been another area where we've seen dramatic run-ups in the last 18 months. Uh, prices, in some cases, three times for fertilizer, what they were 18 months ago to two years ago. That's putting the feed yards in a situation now where the manure they have has increasing value to crop producers. Share a little more about the value of manure and how this also can really impact a feed yard's profitability. Yeah, I think the... Uh... Manure management team here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln has done a really good job, and they have a, a lot of information on their website and encourage anyone who has a strong interest in this and wants to know really specific details to visit that website. There's also a webinar that was hosted in the beginning of this year at cap.unl.edu where they talk about some of those tools and, and walk through how to use them. So if you're unfamiliar with how to use those tools, I'd encourage you to go and, and rewatch that webinar. But Manure has always been an opportunity for feedlots to gain additional value. Uh, whether they've been able to secure enough demand from, from buyers or grain producers in general in the surrounding areas probably varies upon from feedlot to feedlot. But this year in particular, with as you mentioned, Darren, with, with higher fertilizer prices, there's definitely a, an increased uh, desire to you know, facilitate those relationships again. 
And really, estimates out of South Dakota State suggest that you know the value of the manure, given current urea and DAP prices, could be somewhere in the range of sixty dollars per head. Or you know, using a fourteen hundred pound steer, you know, that could be about four dollars and thirty cents per hundred weight. That's a pretty significant value that uh, should be considered in and how much and what price you actually receive likely depends on the nutritional value of your of your manure, but and also on just the ability to sell that manure to, to local grain producers. Anything else on this topic you think would be valuable as we point towards wrapping this up? I think just the markets are extremely dynamic right now. Uh, we have lots of issues happening in the international markets. We have domestic issues. Every year there's different considerations. We just need to always be on the lookout for opportunities to offset some of that price risk. And there's lots of tools that are available as we enter this summer production year with the potential for for drought and some potential considerations on higher uh, amounts of fed cattle production given extremely high placements. I think it's just important to consider that there's tools there to manage some of that price risk. And if there's considerations or to reach out to a broker or a marketing manager or other producers who have used these tools or can even call myself or other extension educators, and we'd be happy to talk about those with you. Thanks again for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. But for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. The title of the article, Feed Availability on Cost of Gain and Manure as a Source of Feedlot Revenue and Crop Fertilizer.